0: okay we are live in your ears or in front of your face if you're watching on video hello hi my name is sylvia keller i am the head of operations at million digital and the host of this show adapt with me today is my business partner brian peralta say hi brian
1: hello everyone
0: Before we really jump into the meat and potatoes of this episode, we wanted to give you a quick overview as to what the point of this podcast is and why you should keep listening. Uh, Brian and I, in our experience as digital marketers in the realm of e-commerce especially um, across a wide variety of industries, have noticed a trend in the way business is done and the way marketing is done, uh, everywhere from startups all the way into Fortune 50 companies. And the way that it's approached is actually harming businesses more than it helps them. We've also noticed that applying a different mindset into business and into marketing can yield a lot better results with a lot less time, energy, effort, and money. Mm -hmm. And that approach is called systemic marketing, um, but it's rooted in a concept called systems theory, Mm -hmm. which is a psychology concept. Uh, I didn't have a name for this particular method until I met Brian. Uh, But Brian has a unique background in psychology that helped me put a name to this concept and this understanding that you and I both have had about business. But also, I think it's really helped to explain to our current clients at Million Digital how to apply systems into their marketing to achieve much more even as a small business Mm -hmm. so brian uh why don't you go ahead and talk a little bit about your background in uh systems theory and then your transition into marketing
1: yeah so again hello everyone i'm brian peralta i co-founded million digital with sylvia keller here um i've been doing marketing for over 10 years at this point um I'll be honest, I, I didn't intend to be here. I didn't intend to <laughs> be a marketer. Neither did I. It's okay. I have a bachelor's degree in psychology. I have a master's degree in marriage and family therapy. I was supposed to be a therapist. Mm. Uh, I was uh, serving uh, the the foster uh, foster care system in Las Vegas while I was doing my master's degree. Um I loved every bit of it, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but um marketing became very interesting all of a sudden when it's applied to video games.
0: <laughs> okay, so talk to me about that transition from yeah. being a therapist to marketing video games. How did I, that happen? Yeah.
1: Yeah, so uh, to your to your question, right, like systems theory is is very very was very, very new to me around like 2014. I had no idea what systems theory was. I'm, uh, I'm a student of psychology. I know cause and effect. I know Freudian approach. I know behavior, uh, behaviorist approach, right? Mm-hmm. I know that if you do, uh, if you do X, it might result, it, it's going to result to Y. And if whatever Freud said, this is what's going to happen. And I didn't believe a lot of that, and especially Freud part, but like behavioral was like very, very interesting to me, right? Like the mm. positive reinforcement, negative reinforcement. We have cats around, right? Mm. We ha- I had dogs when I was growing up, like positive reinforcement was a thing. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, psychology, linear approach, right? Cause and effect type thing. Very, very interesting. Um, and then I went into my master's degree at UNLV and systems theory 101 blew away everything that I knew about psychology. And I'm like, why the hell did I even believe that on the first place, right? Because systems theory um, believes, it doesn't believe in a cause and effect type of scenario, right? It doesn't mean that one plus one is two, although in math, it makes sense, right? But in, system, in a systems theory approach, um, using us an exa- as an example, even let's, let's pretend that you and me grew up in Southern California, Los Angeles County, same zip code, same school. Um, a lot of those variables might be the same, right? But our transformation as human beings will be extremely different right
0: based on the context mm-hmm. of our larger lives maybe yes. you and i have very different family
1: religion
0: uh, oh yeah for sure or or wow you went there <laughs> no religion it goes there. Um,
1: yeah. um like values morals yeah. right because what re- in in societies religion shape values and morals yeah um you know um even if we go into the same school we we might have different uh uh Uh, Friend groups, you know, we might have
0: relationships. Maybe you're popular and I'm not. Maybe,
1: right? Or you're popular, I'm not. Or let's say uh, I'm in sports, you're in arts. Mm. Completely different worlds might be same zip code, might be same school, might be uh, same area of the country, right? Maybe
0: your family has a lot of money. My family mm -hmm. doesn't have as much money, which impacts opportunities, which impacts... You know how many extracurriculars we're allowed to Mm -hmm. take, and and so our the fruition of our lives as adults may look vastly different based on the context. And to to that end, let's say one day both of us get into a car accident Mm -hmm. and we crash into each other, quite literally. The way that that's going to affect my life potentially, as a result. And the way that that impacts your life potentially as a result mm-hmm. is going to be vastly different. Maybe you call your family because they live, you know, in the area and they say, oh, my gosh, so sorry. You know, let's say both of our cars are totaled. Right. Um, maybe they're able to help cover some of the repair bill. Maybe they come and visit you in the hospital. Mm-hmm. But let's say my family moved out of state mm-hmm. and I stay behind for a job. Uh that that crash is going to impact me in a very different way. Yeah. What does all of this have to do with marketing?
1: Yeah, so I, I didn't actually understand or realize that I was applying the same approach uh, with what I've learned in my master's into marketing as I got into community development, right? In 2016, I was about to graduate uh, from UNLV. Um, I was dead set on doing private practice um, serving the county uh, doing therapy and and all of those cool things but then an opportunity knocked on my door to uh, lead the community development for a mobile game company um, in new york city right Um, truth be told i wasn't just doing uh, my masters during the two and a half years i was playing a lot of video games I was getting into um, events, um, volunteering uh, for community events, whether that's like a big stadium event or just a local event in, in our city or something like that. So I had, I had a decent exp- uh, experience volunteering and doing uh, content uh, development work, uh, community development work in uh, the mobile game industry. So uh, I, caught an, uh, I, I caught the eyes of uh, the leadership of Turbo Studios. And then they said, hey, Brian, can you you know, uh, lead up the community uh, development here uh, for our game? I was like, heck yeah, let's do it, right?
0: So the funny thing about you telling that story is the context of your life, mm-hmm. right? This being a separate interest for you uh, led to that opportunity being opened up. Mm -hmm. within the system that you had placed yourself in yep. because contextually you wound up connected to the right people at the right time to make that transition so how did you apply uh systems theory to that job and then all the way up to where where you are now
1: yeah so as i was saying i didn't actually realize that i was doing it up until you know probably two three years down right Uh, Around 2016 is the boom of influencers, content creators. Um, uh, It's as simple as if you have a product, you get an influencer, a content creator, create a video about your product, it's going to sell, right? Uh, Way back then, uh, esports was also growing. Mm. So a common strategy for a lot of video games then was... Sign the biggest uh, streamer on Twitch. Work with the biggest esports organization. Slap your logo on their jersey, on their banners.
0: Boom visibility.
1: Boom visibility. Boom downloads. Mm-hmm. Done.
0: And it I- starts and ends there. Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: I-, I didn't believe in that, right? Like, yes, on spending a lot of money on influencers. Yes, on esports. I'm, I'm a big fan, Right. But most importantly, too, for me, I understood because I was part of community development. I was volunteering for this, you know, game called uh, uh, Vainglory uh, with a lot of my friends. That's where I met a lot of my uh, friends in the industry, too. And now they're in many different places. We were part of a very small group of uh, people, creatives, uh we didn't even know that we were doing marketing then, but we just knew that we enjoyed the game and we wanted to create content. We wanted to create tournaments to attract people to join our guilds, right? To join our organizations. So going into this job at Turbo Studios, I was dead set on doing uh, live streams, uh, dev streams, wherein you discuss the game with your community and talk to them about the latest and greatest updates, the cool the cool graphics, strategies around the game, things like that.
0: And why did engaging in that way with people even prior to doing some of these larger initiatives with influencers, why did that make a difference?
1: Yeah. A lot of people don't understand and uh, people get excited with sexy marketing, right? Let's just... Leave it at that, you know, mm-hmm. the flashy things, the, the newest trend, the the big millions, millions of views. That is cool. That is amazing. You're going to get a lot of downloads. Right. But for me, the reason why developing or doing a, a live stream, uh, a dev stream is important is because you establish uh, rapport with your community. You build that relationship. You put a face into the brand. You put a, a face into the game. Um, you as as a community lead, you advocate for the community internally too, right? So that's uh, during those uh, an hour, two hours live streams, I bring in the the, um, the senior game dev, the senior producers to talk about the game, to reveal things, right? Yeah. What that did for uh, Turbo Studios, or that the game way back then was Super Senso is to establish a, uh, a small community, right? A st- small group of people who, are, who might be fans of older games similar to that, right? That could be 10 people, that could be 20 people, that could be 50 people. How does that play into a bigger marketing strategy, right? To your point, when you start signing, uh, again, when we went live in the US, we launched the game, uh, we partnered with the biggest esports organization then called uh, Team Solo Mid (TSM). Under their umbrella are some of the biggest influencers like Riparian. During those times were uh, Hearthstone time, when a streamer like him, the top guy, streams to fifty to uh, thirty to fifty thousand people at a time. Mm-hmm. Imagine that streaming four hours. To thirty thousand to fifty thousand people, right? So that was the strategy to sign with sign those people. Stream the game when the when the um, game goes live in North America. How the community plays a uh, plays in this is when people when Creperon says, "Hey guys, check out the link in the chat. Download the game, play it." Of course, like. Let's just say twenty people download twenty percent of his uh people that are watching downloads the game plays the game right those thousands of people will then oh sh- shoot it's a turn based strategy game there's a lot of questions there's a lot of unknowns et cetera naturally they're gonna flow into discord right to ask questions to engage because that's the trend then. If you have if you're a mobile game, if you're a content creator, if you're a guild an esports team, you have a discord. Now so
0: if nobody's there, mm-hmm. that's a problem, but you yeah. thought ahead. Because
1: because we developed uh that community ahead of time through dev streams. There's at least like 50 people active people there who can answer any of the questions that they're going to ask right Mm -hmm. how do you move this unit uh what does this do how can you get this x y and z and if you're just a 10 people dev team there is no way that you can answer that long of a thread right Mm -hmm. so with a community helping you out it it gives you guys a lot of leverage not only because uh you can then focus on your job uh, not only just answering questions but also your your game your brand your product is well represented because you already have product advocates you already have brand valkyries you already whatever the fancy word you might want to call it mm. i just call it you already have a community that will talk about you and will talk uh for you
0: so essentially instead of setting up just one campaign release at one yes. one initiative uh you understood Uh, or you thought about this from the beginning as a flow from one platform to another, in this case, from maybe a platform like Twitch to Mm -hmm. Discord. Yes. And understood that both of those uh, marketing channels were equally important to impacting the customer experience. Yeah. And so establishing the one did not necessarily mean the long term Mm -hmm. that those customers will be retained unless that foundation was in place. This is something that I ran into a lot in my early uh, career, especially in my early marketing career. Um, now, like a lot of uh, college graduates, I started out in, in retail and customer service jobs, um, both for larger chains as well as uh, eventually for a startup. Um, and one of the things that I found so interesting was it didn't matter the size of the company There was a fundamental disconnect between customer service and the rest of the company in a lot of the places that I worked in. And as a community person, you kind of understand that customer service and community building are very interrelated. Very, yes. Borderline the same thing. Borderline the same thing. Because they are the primary ways in which the company, the brand, and the customer interact directly with one another. And so that is very often the first impression a lot of people get. It's very important. And that's also the place where you collect and hear the most common complaints and grievances from customers as well, the most opportunities for the business to mm-hmm. adapt <laughs> and fix what is potentially broken or what, you know, could be bottlenecking in their system. Yeah. You know, all of those things. The f- It was so frustrating as a customer service representative um, first and then also as a marketer later on when I was working with customer service teams to see how often business executives would say, oh, they're just complaining. You know, it's not that big of a deal or let's, you know, we, we can consider that later on. Yeah. You know, deprioritizing that. When I knew systemically and I didn't have I like I said I didn't have the terminology for this but I understood to a certain degree that when you ignore the customer and what they're looking for what they want if you do that for long enough they will find somebody else that isn't yeah. ignoring them and will find systems that work better for them to achieve what they want whether that's receiving a t-shirt in the mail or getting the gaming experience they want
1: exactly. getting
0: their questions answered now for me like the this really came into focus when I started working much more heavily in content, uh, which is what I kind of set out to do. I was a film major in college, so I didn't really set out to get an MBA and like really uh, you know sell products for a living. But what I did want to do was master the craft of storytelling and yes. master it in a- across a wide variety of mediums: video, audio, uh, written content. And, and learn all that I wanted to, to know about crafting really good messaging um, and really good storytelling. And the transition into marketing came through content marketing as a result, which was a really good way for me to transition into a role like this. But what I found as a content marketer, uh, working for a blog um, adjacent to the marketing department of, of a clothing company, um, was that my content, the goals that my leadership had for me they would not get achieved if I did not have several other pieces from other departments falling into place for me all at the same time. You know, like I could sit down at my desk and write seven or eight 300-word articles for mm-hmm. that day based on trending news stories, mm-hmm. right? Just to have the content put out there. Yeah. If I didn't give that content to the social media team, nothing would happen to my website. No traffic would be generated. If I didn't remind... Uh, the various like departments uh within marketing that controlled uh branding for like different interest groups in the fashion company uh to send me advertising or to send me topics that they would like covered um to advertise their category of Mm t-shirts for example within uh i wouldn't have as many content ideas if Mm -hmm. i didn't get that content distributed via email if i didn't have the syndication agreements lined up delivering content to me on a, on a weekly basis all of those things needed to fall into place for the machine that i was putting together to work effectively and so very naturally uh as you know things became harder for me to integrate into that system um there was some natural tension that developed mm-hmm. um And I I saw what happened when it worked extremely well, and I saw what happened when those resources were taken away, how that impacted the system around me. And uh, it taught me a very valuable lesson about it's not just about how hard you are working. And you could be working 20-hour days. Mm -hmm. uh, Toward the end of that job, I was working 20-hour days and not seeing the same results as when I was working very standard eight-hour days with a system that worked. Mm -hmm. And, and that really colored my approach um, when I finally got a job offer um, at Newegg and worked in their studio as their coordinator um, and saw writers, videographers, and photographers working together in a system um, and how that could run efficiently as a way for that company to create a, a broad spectrum of content um, and impact their customers in, in a wide variety of places. I, I've taken that philosophy into every job I've ever held, especially mm. in content going forward. And now I think impacting uh, small business is where I think this is going to be so, so valuable. Systemic, systemic marketing, systems thinking is a strategy that has worked for, for Brian and myself in companies that are just starting and in companies that are, you know, fortune 50. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so helping small business owners and people who might be a one man or one woman army, uh, I think is going to, to help change people's understanding of how they go about their day to day, how they go about doing business and how they think about their business as well as their life, Mm -hmm. their business in the context of their life. Um, which is why I think it's so important to 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 talk even more and dive really deep into the concept of systems theory, what it's about, and how it impacts those areas., uh, we will do that right after this. As a small business owner. What does success look like to you? Maybe it's spending time with your family, earning a certain amount of money, or impacting a certain amount of lives for the better. At Million Digital, we believe that we can help you set up the systems in your business that can help you achieve that version of success. Whether you're looking for an end-to-end e-commerce solution, SEO improvements, email marketing, advertising, or so much more. Not only can we create and craft campaigns for you, but we can also teach you how to utilize those campaigns in ways that impact several areas of your marketing to be more efficient, save you more money and time, and achieve better results. Right now, we're giving away one free month of consultation. In order to access that, simply go to our website at milliondigital.com and sign up. We would love to chat with you about your business, your goals, and how we can help you get your million, whether that's a million dollars or a million extra hours. Once again, that is milliondigital.com. Sign up now for one free month of consultation with us. back, everybody. So we've talked a little bit about systems theory and kind of skirted around its relationship with marketing. Let's do a deep dive into the concept of what systems theory is, how we have applied it into marketing campaigns specifically, and give some real world examples of it in practice. So starting with, can you just explain uh, briefly in summary what systems theory is
1: yeah so systems theory if applied into psychology or like let's do psychology first right a singular person is influenced by many systems in their life micro macro endo. there's so much right um the components of your family education religion background location ge- location so much mm-hmm. um builds up a person you know in in business it's the same thing right you have sales marketing customer support product executive team you know as it that thing as things get bigger
0: then you also have the industry you're in mm-hmm. the audience you're targeting
1: mm-hmm. i mean if you want to grow it bigger it's like the economy the yeah. government especially as you become a bigger uh, entity into uh, the country, right? Into your uh, community that you're serving.
0: And all of those things impact your business. Yes. Mm.
1: So diving deeper into systems theory as it applies to marketing, I can use my current um, approach and my current um, application into Intel, right? As how... um, as a good example of how systems theory applies into marketing, specifically within my team, you know? Um, So I'm a marketing strategist for Intel Corporation, and yes, I also co-own Million Digital. Um, How I do it, it's because of my team, (laughs) honestly. Sylvia, Chris, Alex, Randy, all of these people, uh, a lot of you will meet through... Um, the podcast, through the website, through social media, right? So going back, um, I'm a marketing strategist for Intel Corporation. My main role as a marketing strategist is um, influencers for the um, HQ. Influencers in a sense of managing tech influencers for the tech community. And the biggest account that I handle is uh, Linus Tech Tips. So... Linus, right? There's very few people who are bigger than him in terms of tech, but in terms of hardware, PC hardware, he's the biggest one. Now, if you're an influencer manager out there, traditionally what you do with influencers is pay them X amount of money, right? Ask them to make content for you. Ask them to tag you and publish it. Sometimes there, is, there are call to actions, Right? Click that link below to purchase the product, to learn more, something.
0: And that's it. Starts and ends. Yep. Okay.
1: Now, if you apply uh, systems theory or systemic approach in marketing, you got to consider many different uh, factors, not just paid influencers. You know? On our side, this is how we do it, right? My, I belong to a team called... Um, uh, content and product advocacy. So content, you love content, right? <laughs> so in my team, there's Jeff who handles content. So that's um, blogs, written media, infographics, things like that. Um, we have a tech evangelist. We have we actually have two, Marcus and Alex. Alex, my partner in crime, does a lot of the um, content, you know, whether it's, uh, interviewing subject matter experts, uh, going on Discord, doing office hours, talking to the community, representing Intel, um, you know, and discussing uh, technology and latest and greatest stuff from Intel. And then you have me, who handles community programs, rewards, and also influencers. Before I stepped in, Everyone focuses uh, focused, uh, on their own stuff, right? Whether it's creating infographic, creating uh, a product summary, um, a blog, et cetera.
0: So you've got all this really great content, but it's disjointed, disconnected, and not yeah. helping each other.
1: Yes. Mm. So uh, an example activation that, we are, um, that we've done is engage with an influencer, ask them to make uh, paid content, like example, let's use Linus as, a, as an example. Let's say I ask Linus to make um, a, re- a review for the Raptor Lake, the 13th gen, right? Um, whether it's overclocking the CPU, um, unboxing it, what what have you, do it. Do it the traditional way. But then you tie it with a call to action to join the Discord because he will be a special guest to the Discord Intel Insider Office Hours, which is managed by Alex. In that Office Hours, it's an hour uh, an hour of Ask Me Anything type thing, right? So Alex and Linus jumps in as a special guest, talks about 13th Gen, talks about Linus, maybe even have you know 10, 20 minutes of AMA with uh, the Insiders community right, exclusive access to Linus, make them feel special, you know, um, have that opportunity to ask anything they want to Linus. But then after that one-hour session, you record, it. of course, you make sure you record it um, and post that on socials and most importantly, YouTube, right? Um, and then Jeff takes that content, you know, whether it's a video, it's the YouTube, it's what whatnot, the social media posts, creates a, a blog on our insider's blog and, and publishes it, whether it's like with his own opinion, own summary, or just a transcript, you know?
0: So let's talk about the impact of that, those two decisions, right? Because we've compared and contrasted two different scenarios. On the one hand, you pay a large influencer to do one piece of content and tag you in it, mm-hmm. and you finish, right? Those people come, the audience comes, they watch the video, mm-hmm. they engage... Maybe a lot of them purchase the product. Everyone's Mm -hmm. happy, right? However, Mm -hmm. that's one scenario. Now what you're describing is they watch the video. Mm -hmm. They might also engage with the product, but some of them also come over to the community. Then they feel like they're getting exclusive access, not only to somebody that they watch all the time and admire and subscribe to and want to hear what they have to say. Now they're listening to a product expert go back and forth with this person. They want to listen to that conversation. They want to listen to more of those conversations. So now you've got active members in the community that are asking for more content like that. And for those people that didn't engage with the first video, you now have on your own Mm -hmm. YouTube channel, another piece of content that is evergreen that Mm -hmm. can stick around and live there. And you've got the blog linking back to the video those interlinks are going to boost the SEO mm-hmm. of both of those pieces of media um, because they're interlinking to one another and because you're utilizing the the SEO value of Google proper as well as the YouTube search algorithm. Do
1: mm-hmm.
0: you see... As I'm describing that, how much more impactful that is, not just for the immediate product release, but for consumer loyalty, customer retention, continued interest, keeping your brand top of mind mm-hmm. just by making some tweaks and and additional decisions when it comes to how do we maximize the use of this one person yeah it's not and and to your point too, it's not then just about their platform, yep, let's say Linus. God forbid, comes under some kind of controversy
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, you know, th- this has happened to other influencers where they've come under a, a, some kind of controversy and they lose half their following. Yep. Well, then what do the brands do? They either pull go out, to, yeah. they, they pull out, they go to other influencers, they have to re-strategize. What if your only marketing outlet was Linus? And, and this is not something that Intel has a problem with, but, you know, when we think about small business owners, a lot of the time... Small business owners are so busy with their day to day that they are focusing, if at all, on marketing. They're focusing mm-hmm. on one channel. They're mm-hmm. focusing on the thing that is working mm-hmm. and they're very logical for doing so. Yeah, I think what we try to do so often when we consult with small businesses is say, this is what's currently working for you, which is amazing. How do we maximize that? How yes. do we capitalize on mm-hmm. that in a way that's not going to give you burnout in a way that's going to help you save time, in fact, so that you can spend the most time doing the things that matter most to you. But also make sure that you're not just pushing something to one platform, getting some engagement, and then watching it all die out until you push something to that platform yeah. again when you have time. <laughs>
1: yeah. um,
0: but that is the cycle so many people are, are stuck in. Mm-hmm. And as consultants, as digital marketers, when we come in and we help small businesses, most of the time, there's a couple of things that happen. One is you, there's usually some some tough discussion about this is what's eating 90% of your time and it's it's earning you maybe 20% of your money. Those two ratios are not good. <laughs> we mm-hmm. should change that. Second is here's how to use 10% of your time to, you know, potentially double your revenue. Yeah. And... It's just simply through application of systems in their yep. marketing process. I'll, I'll provide an example as somebody with a lot of experience in content marketing. When we talk about content marketing, most people assume that we mean a website blog. If you go to a, a, an SEO consultant, they're going to tell you some of the things to upgrade on your website in terms of keywords and things like that. They'll usually tell you that you should be making written content in the mm-hmm. form of a blog. I don't know how many businesses I've come into contact to where they have a blog for, th- for its own sake. Mm-hmm. They have a blog because somebody told them to have one. <laughs> yes. They have a blog because they know it's good for their business, but they're not maximizing the use of it because they're not thinking systemically with it. When I come into a company and I ask them what their content strategy is, if they cannot give me a response, m- here's my default. We need to make videos, we need to turn the audio of those videos if possible into a podcast if that makes sense for your business we need to turn the transcript of that audio into a blog we need to publish that video on youtube we need to clip that video to other social media platforms we need to quote that blog for mm-hmm. other for written social media posts mm-hmm. we need to send out an email letting people know that this new piece of content is out and how it relates to the product we mm-hmm. need to interlink the video to the to the blog we need to interlink your social media on a link tree uh, in your your social bios. All of those things are going to work together and be more impactful for you. And it it sounds like I'm describing a lot of time, but if you're utilizing one video this way, Mm -hmm. one video, it is going to return dividends up to 10x what you're putting in. And I'm not talking out of my... uh, i'm not I'm not speaking uh, colloquially uh, here there are actual statistics to back this up from other marketers I and content it, yeah. marketers uh, and I pulled some for this episode to read them off to you because the, the this approach is something that you may have already noticed as you're scrolling through Instagram and you see clips yeah. of of podcasts floating around or you see you know one to two minute segments of a television show or you see Um, An ad followed by, um, you know, maybe the next time you run into that product being mentioned, it's an influencer video. Yeah, All of those. It follows you everywhere. It follows you everywhere. That's the point. Mm -hmm. The brand is setting up a system to target you in the context that you are engaging with them via, you know, a platform, via Instagram, via YouTube, via Pinterest, wherever.
1: TikTok, yeah.
0: In order to keep them top of mind for you to encourage you and remind you, hey, oh yeah, I really liked that thing. I should go buy that. It takes up to seven times of that happening for somebody to purchase. But getting all of those seven content points is is important. And and it's effective. Let me give you some some statistics and stop teasing this. According to a survey by Referral Rock, 94% of marketers, 94% repurpose content. Mm -hmm. The remaining 6% plan to include it in their marketing strategy in the future. So if they're not already doing it, these are professionals in marketing. If they're not already doing it, they're planning on how to do it. Mm -hmm. That should tell you how effective this will be for your business, no matter where you are, no matter how big you are, how much time you have. If you can implement this into your marketing strategy, it's going to do better for you. Mm -hmm. 42% of marketers saying updating and repurposing existing content That's taking stuff you already have and either remaking it or editing it to make it better or optimize it led to successful marketing campaigns. You don't even have to make all new content. Sometimes what you've been putting out is good, but just not good in in terms of context. Not well distributed. Yeah, not well distributed. You you might be sitting on more gold than you think you are. Mm -hmm. And it's just about optimization. Forty six percent of marketers pointed to content repurposing as the content marketing strategy that delivered the best results. Making new content all the time is not necessarily the point. And especially in an age where all of these algorithms are telling people you have to post on Instagram or on TikTok every single day.
1: Or even or multiple multiple times times a day
0: day. to get noticed. That's huge to me, that is such encouraging news. Like, if I'm thinking of myself as a, as a solopreneur, it's all on my shoulders. Yeah. The fact that I, I can still maintain a schedule where I could potentially post every day, sometimes several times a day, but I don't need to do it by making all new content all the time. Yeah. There is a recycling strategy that can work better for you here. Um, that's huge for a lot of people. And setting that up and seeing the results from it has been really fun. Um, Just with other clients, we've um, one particular client I'm thinking of in like the home and garden space that we've been working with for the last six months or so. Getting them to a point where they could understand just within a couple of videos, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: we got them to produce. They were already producing some videos. They had like three or four videos on their YouTube channel. We got them to produce just two more. Mm -hmm. But this time we wrote a blog along with it. We did social media uh, yeah, posting cuts, and yeah. reposting um, over the course of like the next seven days for that for that piece of content. The video views were better. The blog views were better. It drove it a lot more traffic to their website. Their their product interest um, driven directly from we could tra- track it directly back to YouTube. Yeah. Uh, from the links in there in the description there, uh, we saw an increase in uh, SEO. Um, just in the last six months, their organic uh, traffic has hit new records, yeah, just from writing and distributing content in a systemic way yeah and it's it 's not rocket surgery, you know what i mean it's 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 very it's streamlined to the point our strategies are streamlined to the point that it it almost feels like it should be more work than it is mm-hmm. to get the results that we get. Um, not only, not only is it saving you time, it, it's cost effective. Mm-hmm. You know, when people think about marketing, they're like, I don't want to dig deep in my pockets into a PPC campaign if I don't even know what's going to work for me. 65% of marketers agree that content repurposing is cost effective and allows you to make the most of your existing content to maximize your return on investment. Mm-hmm. But we're not just talking about writing a blog for its own sake. This works when you repurpose in a systemic way. Mm-hmm. So the, the thing that continually blows my mind is we, we are constantly talking about systems theory without talking about it. Yeah. We're constantly talking about running a business, but we speak about businesses in silos or we speak about marketing departments in sections. Yeah. And I think it, the, the, the discussion is so important to open up about how these interconnect.
1: Yeah. To your point, it shouldn't be, oh, this is especially for bigger companies, right? It shouldn't be, oh, that's for email marketing. That's They take care of that. Oh, yeah, this is for the social media team. They take care of it. Oh, yeah, this is branding. This is this is for the content team. They take care of that. I I, I hate that, right? So I think it's good for us to talk about um, what are the basic frameworks for, let's just say so, the solopreneurs, right? Mm. Um, individuals out there who are, uh, looking to expand their business uh, in your ex, uh, expertise i know we talked about um, uh, uh, systemic marketing mm-hmm. a lot uh, systems you applied in in mm-hmm. marketing but in your framework in your experience what would be like a basic framework of how a solopreneur can start marketing
0: I, w- I would even say let's, let's talk about it in terms of just starting the business, mm. right? Let's say you're a person and you want to start a company. Where do you begin? You likely have a product idea and you likely have a vague idea of a target audience in mind, mm-hmm. right? You have a problem that you wanna solve. The very first place I would start is SEO. Mm-hmm. That is the very first place. I wouldn't, even, I wouldn't even look at building a website yet. I wouldn't even look at prototyping yet if you're designing a product. I would start very, step one, how do people find businesses like mine? What queries do they use? What questions do they ask? What common issues do they run into Mm -hmm. with my competition? Mm -hmm. How is my competition's website set up? What is their, what are their reviews? What is their customer service experience like? Are there things that I want to tweak or make better? If you can identify the core terms people use to find businesses like yours, include those in in prominent places on your website uh, with best practice SEO, titles, meta descriptions, um, uh, the titles of your pages, um, you know, within your page copy, things like that. If you have questions that you know people ask most often in your industry about products like yours, make content about those. Uh, Provide an FAQ page. Have Things written out so that the librarian of the internet, Google, can reference the, the web page uh, on the vast library that is the internet, grab that page for somebody looking for information on this topic. Makes sense, right? That's foundational. That's setting up your website as a core foundational mm-hmm. thing to be discoverable, to be helpful, to be useful to your target customer. Then, how do you make sure that the message is not just you know, uh, optimized on organically yeah. on your website? How do you make sure that message is distributed? Mm-hmm. I would argue that you know, there are, uh, there's a lot to be said for starting with content marketing as your core, uh, especially video marketing. Video is, has continually been, um, since the uh, implementation of YouTube, video has become the best possible way to help people understand who you are, what you're about, what you do. Mm-hmm. The best possible content at that point is going to be who you are, what, you, what you're about, and what you are doing that day. Mm-hmm. And I, I think a lot of people struggle with that idea, especially if they're not, you know, branded an expert yet in their particular field. What I would argue is people don't necessarily always want an expert. Sometimes people want to see regular people doing what you're doing, sometimes running into roadblocks, yeah. getting over them, overcoming them. yeah. Sometimes that encouragement alone um, applies to other areas of their life where they're like, well, I can try and fail at whatever other thing that I'm doing because that person's doing it. They're doing it on camera. They're doing it without shame and they're learning from it. And me watching them learning is helping build rapport. Mm-hmm. Because I know that person. I understand that person's struggles. I understand their 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 victories as well as their shortcomings. I still like their product and I want to support them. Mm-hmm. As a solopreneur, you are your own best product or brand advocate. And if people can get to know you and understand you, not as a as a flawless expert in your field, but as a person who is learning. Mm-hmm. Not only is that going to help them feel on par with you, or like human to human connection, but it's also going to help you actually sell you as an expert ironically because very often experts are just the people who are willing to try and fail <laughs> until yeah. they got it right. Yeah. So, okay, you've got your video content. You're making it about um you know, the product or service you offer, you're answering those common questions, and then you're also talking about, you know, running your business, what you're doing on a day-to-day basis, etc. If you implement this recycling strategy, that's also going to mean you're going to have blogs, you're going to have social media posts, uh, you're going to be able to repurpose this into emails. You already have the keyword research done, so now you can repurpose that into a PPC search campaign. Find the, the keywords that are gonna be working best for you organically. What are the keywords that are driving the most traffic to your website? Uh, use, utilize those as a baseline for your PPC campaigns. Mm-hmm. If it's working for you organically, it's much more likely to work for you with dollars behind it too. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we've covered not only video content, we've covered social media, we've covered email, we've covered paid ads. Uh, who are the influencers? in your space. Are there others? Are there other people talking about this that could advocate? Um, You know, maybe that looks like shipping them a product for you. Maybe that looks like getting them onto a call with you, recording that, putting it on both channels, doing a collaboration. Maybe that looks like Um, taking on a client and asking them if they'd like to be interviewed live, if they're okay with having that information out there so people can see uh, and have a demonstration of how you assist people, the advice you give, the results of that advice. Um, Those are the types of things that when you, let's say you committed to releasing one video a week, one long form video a week and applying a recycling strategy in this method. if you can keep up that one video a week consistency it's going to take your content production time down to ideally 8 hours maximum of mm-hmm. your week maximum which can return you so much more in terms of impressions reach availability to to people who are seeing your content over and over again. It'll build your social accounts more quickly. It'll build your community more quickly. People will start asking you questions, which will give you more fuel and ideas for content. You are going to get so much more back than you are putting out. And I would even argue that it's important for you to drill down on the topics you would like to cover most because less is going to be more in this scenario. If you answer every single question right away, that's not the same as having that weekly video and pacing it and scheduling it out. You're, you can still cover the same amount of content, but you're saving yourself more time and mm-hmm. more money by not just like being at everybody's beck and call demand. You know, I, I contrast this with um, a, a client we were working with that was spending a ton of time doing kind of bespoke customer service and private sales when they had an e-commerce system that was working really well for them. But customers would message them; they would go back and forth, you know, and and do like negotiations yeah. and like finally come up with a sale. Versus, there were other customers that would go on the website, see the product, buy the product, check yeah. out. Um, and I we did a calculation with them. It took t- ten minutes. And I said, okay, in the last month, you made $2,000 doing this method. $2,000. This was a much larger month for them than $2,000. Mm-hmm. And so I said, how much time did you spend earning that $2,000? And when it was framed like that for them instantly, they were like, okay, something needs to change in the system. Systemic marketing, systemic thinking is not just about making things move more efficiently in your marketing it's about looking at your business and, and understanding like okay as a whole am I moving in the direction that I need to be moving to achieve this, the version of success that I want
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so we, we start with marketing but very often we move into more a, a broader business perspective with clients as well um, because we're taking that approach
1: mm-hmm.
0: but yeah if I were a solopreneur I would, I, that, that's kind of the route that I would take to get started. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so for me, just to simplify it, right, for um, individuals out there who are starting, who won't, might want to start uh, their own business, um, let's say they're a service-based business, um, a CPA, let's say, for example, who wants to start their own business. Um, as a solopreneur, it's very, very important for you to know who are your target audience, right? If you tell me as a CPA, hey, yeah, I want to educate the younger audiences with regards taxes, money, um, savings, and whatnot, then clearly that's like a social media strategy, right? TikTok. So for this uh, CPA who wants to target younger demographic um, to so that it's not just like... Um, the older people who do who have a lot of money and do, do their taxes mm-hmm. and whatnot. She also wants to target the younger people who, mm-hmm. who has the potential to be business owners in the future, right? So you have social media strategy. Put your face out there. Create content. Not only... Um, don't, don't only write it down, but also create a video, right? Mm-hmm. Use TikTok, um, Instagram uh, reels, and YouTube shorts, Right? Uh, if possible, if you have the capacity to record a long-form video, whether that's ten to twenty minutes, right? Upload it on 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 YouTube. Use AI, um, and uh, you know there's a lot of AI tools out there that can um, create clips for you that you can readily upload across uh, different social media platforms, right? So you have uh, long-form uh, content, you have social media short-form content. And then all of those won't be worth it if you don't have a website where you can mm-hmm. drive people to your business. And because even
0: if you do have a website, if it's not optimized for SEO, mm-hmm. that's going to impact your organic growth in the long term as well.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. so because if you, if you stop with short form, long form content and you don't have a website that you said is, is you know, optimized SEO then you're just an influencer. Mm-hmm. You're, you're just a, a content creator, mm-hmm. right? If you have a website that is optimized for SEO, uh, built well fast, right? All of the uh, bells and whistles, then you're a legit business. You drive, you drive um, all the attention that you're going to get from your long-form, short-form content to your website. Now, on your website... Once you get those eyeballs, how do you convert them, right? How mm-hmm. do you make them call you is, is very important. Mm-hmm. When they call you, when they, you already have your, their information, they're already your client, right? How do you make sure you keep them?
0: Mm-hmm. So rather than even thinking of it like a marketing funnel, mm-hmm. you think of it like a marketing cycle. Yeah. You want people not only to come into your funnel, go all the way through the purchase process,
1: mm-hmm. but then
0: how do they loop back around?
1: Yeah. You know, so, so with that said, right, like, okay, you, they already follow you on socials. Uh, you already have, they already know your website. You, you, you tie it up with either an email marketing or a rewards marketing uh, perspective, right? Like, uh, whether you have, you, you generate points in those points, they can claim rewards, right? Um, or discounts for future services. Or again, email marketing. It's because if they're not on socials and you already have their email or, or, or phone number, you can do email marketing or SMS marketing. That's like a very basic way of a solopreneur, one person, who can do all of that as long as they de- dedicate time in understanding content, understanding SEO, and clicking some buttons to figure out email marketing. Mm-hmm. All of that alone will result will will result to many different things. So yeah,
0: and an increased ROI is is one of the one of the ones that uh, a lot of people can see. God, in the first three six months, mm-hmm. just by applying the strategy. Okay, let's wrap it up for this episode because mm-hmm. I think we've talked a lot about uh, a lot, <laughs> and I I know that the audience is going to have a lot of questions uh, going forward when it comes to marketing, when it comes to setting up systems. Um, And if you are somebody that's struggling with a particular question about getting your marketing off the ground or finding the time to do it, uh, we'd love to take those questions. Um, You could follow us at Million Digital on all of the social things. We've got links in all of the descriptions everywhere um but also feel free to reach out to us we're offering one month free consultation right now uh we'd love to hear about your business and see if you know the process we offer could be helpful to you in in your stage of growth we're confident that we can come up with a plan that'll work for you um and yeah take advantage of especially if you're small take advantage of setting up your system now yeah because systems scale better
1: yeah rather than figuring it out later. And not to say that medium-sized businesses, you guys don't have a chance. Talk to us. Uh, I think there's a lot of opportunities for you guys to take your, to take your business to the next level. So it's been fun, but uh, I highly suggest you guys look into the f- uh, future episodes. We're gonna invite uh, other team members to talk about their specialization. Uh, and potentially if, you know, Uh, Let's say you're not a business owner, but you're more of uh, someone who wants to get into marketing. You might potentially learn more and specialize in something. So, yeah, Uh, this has been really fun for our first episode. So
0: Yeah, exciting stuff. Um, I can't wait to dive in more into this and and help teach people even further how to not only uh, bring their marketing into focus, but their whole system of their business online. To maximize their profits and success and give them the life they want. Yeah. All right, guys, we will talk to you in the next episode. uh, But until then, stay groovy.